Hey, this is Adam Marcus, director of Jason Goes to Hell and the upcoming Secret Santa. And you're listening to Without Your Head. station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil i'm treacherous trista and we're joined by jackie naaman jones debbie of manos hands of fate and manos returns and it's very cool to have you here with us thank you it's really great to be here so i'll let everyone know next weekend for labor day we're doing our first uh, feature film uh, festival and opening night friday night we got four movies and one of them is manos returns it's gonna be very fun I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so people can come watch it, and we'll have an inter- interactive chat, and uh, people can you know leave messages, and it's going to be a good time. So, how did Manos Returns come about? Oh my gosh! Um, well, I mean, it's kind of a long story. I don't know how, but I'll, I'll, I'll condense it. No, but um, my dad, who played the master in the original. Uh, by the way, yeah, my dad, well, he played the original, the, the master, and um, we just hadn't had a lot of opportunity to spend time together, and he literally lived a half a mile from me. So um, I kept making up uh, opportunities for us to get together based on Monos because that was the acceptable form of office. So his wife, my stepmother, they were married for 40 years, but she didn't want me in in the family for a number of I'm years. I'm sorry to hear that. But Manos was the one thing that she accepted. 
So I made up opportunities as often as possible so that we could get together. And uh, Monos Returns, I would say that was the, the biggest driving force. Uh, the other thing would be uh, that by then I had some pretty talented friends, uh, Tanya Tomic, uh, who directed it, and uh, Rachel Jackson, our, our co-director, and also she's the first scene, the first uh, person you see in the film. Uh, with the short blonde hair, and uh, Joe Sherlock, who is local to me, and he he's so talented. He just, he does all these films, and so he was our director of photography, and everybody just came together, and um, Rachel and Tanya and I wrote it, and my dad agreed to be in it, so we were like, it's a go, let's do it. Yeah, so... You know, not only reprising the role, you know, decades later, but the idea of doing something with your father, I would assume, makes the movie very special for you. Oh, very much so. Very much. Yeah, it was fun. And he had a great time. And that's the most important thing. I mean, all these years since uh, I've been putting myself out there from the time that Monos became known as the worst movie ever made. Um <laughs> And for me, putting myself out there, um, it's it's been an opportunity to share those things with him. So he's kind of lived vicariously through me. And we'd get together and I would tell him all the latest things. And then I would... Uh, I would channel the master for people. I would send, you know, I, he could send his messages through me, <laughs> I love which, uh, you know, is kind of Monos Returns in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you jokingly say, you know, known as the worst movie of all time. Um, so along those lines, like, how is your view or feeling of being part of, of the Monos movies? Like, how has that changed over time? Was there a point where, you know, people would say that that would make you feel a different way than... You know, now you're you. I would assume you accept how people feel about the movie. And people love the movie; they enjoy watching it. Yeah. Well, I'm an artist. I'm a professional artist, and I'm very open to going down different directions. This is perfect for me. And when I mean, I it took 27 years for it to come into the world since it was made, and. And I grew up, those being some of the best memories of my childhood with my dad, mm -hmm. you know, a chance to, to do something like that with him. And uh, so when I got older, like out of high school, I started searching for it. And this is all pre-internet and early internet. I was, I was checking uh, film libraries, universities. I couldn't find it, so I gave up. And it, 27 years old later, it shows up on Mystery Science Theater. And um, I couldn't have been happier. I mean, the only reason it ever got found was because it didn't have a copyright on it. You know, it, it was in public domain. Mm -hmm. 
Did, how did you find out find out about it being on Mystery Science Theater three thousand? Did you know before it airs, or like does it it airs and what? Wow, the movie's out. Oh, that's one of my favorite stories. Um, so it was in January, in a January, and I honestly, you know, I can't remember the year exactly, but that's easy to find. Yeah. Um, so I was home with uh, my husband at the time and my, my son, who was a couple years old, and my dad was living on the Oregon coast, and I was in Northern California, and he called me one Sunday, and he said, You'll never believe what I just saw on television. <laughs> he was already a Mystery Science Theater fan. Oh, okay. He was, he was home on a Sunday and kind of napping in his easy chair on his day off. And he heard some familiar music and opened his eyes. And there he was. He was, he just watched the whole thing in fascination. And then he called me. So he didn't call me till it was over. He could, you know. And he said, um, he said, Mondo's the Hand of Fate just came up on Comedy Central. And so when we hung up, I immediately turned on the television because I remember there was an 800 number down in the right hand corner. So I didn't know what, I didn't know what else to do. So I just called that number. And it was a it was an afternoon on a weekend. I called that number and this guy answered the phone. His name was Matthew. And he said he was in the HBO offices in Manhattan. And I said, you just showed a movie. I've been looking for my whole life. My whole family was part of it. Is there any way I can get a copy? And he said, well, what was the name of it? And I told him. And then there was this long pause. I was shaking. I couldn't believe it. And long pause. I thought maybe he hung up on me. And then he says, oh, my God. Are you Debbie? <laughs> that, was, that was my first indication. And then he says, that it's, I had that on my desk just the other day. It's our favorite bad movie here in the HBO offices. And, uh, you know, about a week later, I got a, a bootleg uh, VHS. I wish I had it. <laughs> he just, like, ran me off a copy and wrote a label on it, a VHS. And uh, I watched it. And I was satisfied. I'm like, I'm happy. Yeah. I don't need anything else. Yeah. And let's, then let's, it, I don't know. Everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get this? When he sent you the copy, was it a copy of the movie or was it the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version? Oh, it's the Mystery Science Theater. That's the only version they have. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the only version anybody has. Well, what did you think of their, uh, their, uh, their uh, commentary over it? Well, I thought it was hilarious, of course. See, I it suits me perfectly. I don't know if you've ever heard of Firesign Theater. They're a, they're a comedy group from the the late from the sixties and and uh, actually from the sixties because I was in high school in the seventies. My best friend and I 
were huge fans. And this is before cassettes or anything, you know, I mean, this was LP. And we had all the albums and they had like seven albums. You should look them up. I think you'd enjoy them. They're just, they're like, um, yeah, they're, they're just really sharp comedy, mm-hmm. you know, the way they bounce off each other. And, and it's, and, and, the, and you have to understand these were times when people were taking acid a lot <laughs> right. and it suited, it just fit right in. So my best friend and I in high school, we would, um, we memorize these albums and at school we do, we do the little riffs, you know, and we just drove everybody crazy. I mean, they didn't, not like they liked it or anything, but we did. And so when I discovered Mystery Science Theater, I was like, ah, I get these people. (laughs) I'm one of them, you know? Uh, here in the chat, uh, Real Badger says he he loves and misses, uh, or she, I'm not sure, uh, misses uh, Firesign Theater. I have the vinyl. Aww, yeah. I mean, their album names are like, um, if you're not in, wait, oh, shoot. I wish I could remember. I've been having some memory stuff lately. It's driving me crazy because this is stuff I love. <laughs> but you know what? I'll remember the album names throughout the interview, and I'll just, like, pop them out, so. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down a couple notes. I rewatched the um, Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, you know, for the interview. And right at the end, when they're showing the credits and they show you, uh, they say she was traumatized for life after this, which I thought I found was was funny. So I don't know what you thought when you first hear that. Oh, well, I laugh, of yeah. course, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like to say that Manos was almost like a family film to me because my dad starred in it, and uh, my mom made the master's costume, the master's robe, and the wife's dresses, and my Debbie dress, and the Doberman was our family pet, and our car was in it. That's the one the kissing teenagers were in, and oh, well, my dad did all the artwork, so... He did the paintings? Yeah, he did the painting, and he did all the sculptures, the hand sculptures, and uh, oh, he made he made the Torgo legs and uh, the the forms, and that was his welding his welding jumper that um, John Reynolds was wearing as Torgo. Oh, that was his desert hunting hat too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. The Torgo's whole thing came out of my dad's closet. Oh. That's pretty awesome. Did he keep the robe? Did you have the? Did you guys keep the robe? No, Hal Warren uh, actually took the robe and the painting home. My dad didn't get those back, but you know, at the time, the movie wasn't real popular, so I don't think my dad would have known. Right? Yeah. Minded so much. Yeah. Uh, how did you, you and your dad, know uh, Harold Warren, the director? Oh, through the theater. Um, my dad was uh, in uh, community theater in El Paso at the Festival Theater, and he did he did a lot of uh, the lead roles. In fact, um, I just found an article about him from the El Paso newspaper back then, and and about a lot of the 
roles that he had played. I'm going to post it on my Facebook and pages and stuff, uh, probably right after we get off of here. Oh, cool. But, um, so they'll be available. Yeah. It'll be available. But um, yeah, my dad was the narrator in our town. He was R.P. McMurphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was King Arthur in Camelot. So that year in 1966, when Manos was made, uh, my dad was the lead character in King Henry IV. And uh, most of the actors that were in Manos came from that play. And I believe Hal Warren was in it also, but I, uh, I'll have to go back and look in my book <laughs> to see yeah. what um, John Reynolds was in that play and uh, who played Torgo and Brian Jennings, uh, William Brian Jennings, uh, who played the sheriff was in it. And, oh, and then Bernie Rosenblum, who was the kissing teenager, he was also the assistant cameraman. Uh, he was in it. Uh, yeah, so most of the men were in that play. And uh, Hal got this idea about a movie, so he approached all these, I mean, you know, that's what he saw. And all the women came from the local um, finishing school, modeling school. Modeling and finishing school. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, Tristy, you have a question? I'm wondering if you're a horror fan, and if you are, what are some of your favorite films? Oh, well, uh, The Shining is probably one of my top. I mean, ooh, <laughs> wow. Um, oh, Silence of the Lamb. Mm. Big fan, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, like that I, but you know as I've gotten older it's weird it's like um I'm not so much into horrors that kind of horror I can watch because it's so deep you know the mentally and deep but but like just slasher stuff the older I get the harder it is and um just like spicy food <laughs> like spicy food and bloody horror i don't know but joe sherlock who was our director of photography in monos he's a filmmaker and he made he's made a lot of uh, short films and they're showed locally and and they're really fun i mean i call them boobies and blood a lot of boobies a lot of bud but um i've been in about five of his films and uh, in fact, we just, yeah, we just filmed two weekends ago in Salem. But um, my only rule with him was I wasn't taking my clothes off. <laughs> but, you know, he kills me just about every time. I think I've only not been killed in one of the movies I've been in. <laughs> so that's fun on that side of the camera. <laughs> Uh, are those available for people to watch uh, some of those shorts? Yes. Uh, well, I don't know if they're, I'm not sure that they're available like that, but right. I'll check with Joe and okay. I'll make sure I get you that information 
in the next yeah. day or so, you know, for the set. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned the actor who played uh, Torgo uh, a few times, uh, John Reynolds. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he unfortunately died very young. Um, yeah. Were you, um, after the movie, did, did you and the family, were you friends with him, like, you know, in, you know outside of the film? Uh, yeah. My, he actually lived just down the street from us. And um, he was always pretty deep. And uh, my dad worried about him. And I know there are several times he went to check on him. And on set, he was just, he was just such a sensitive guy. I mean, just such a deep thinking. And, and you have to understand, too, the, the times, um, the drug culture. Yeah. And he was... He was from a very strict military type family and he was very artistic and creative and not very big physically. I think he was only like uh, five, seven. He wasn't very big. And uh, his dad was pretty high in the military. And I just think all of that stuff was very difficult for him. I think he was, gosh, yeah, he was in his mid-20s when he died. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. He so, died even before the premiere. Oh, really? He wasn't even, at, oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. So he, he, I don't know if maybe he didn't even get to see the finished film then? No, he didn't. None of us did. It was a surprise at the premiere. <laughs> How how so? How was the surprise at the premiere that the you saw the well, movie? None of us had seen it, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, so it, it was, was the first time. It was filmed in like eight days, and yeah, it was like in the summer of nineteen sixty-eight. I was six. I um I turned my birthday's in early July, and it was while I was still six. Yeah. And then the premiere was in November. That's how I mean that was. Yeah, especially you know then this is pre you know digital you know now you could you know uh yeah. edit a movie like on you know on a computer or something yeah there was nothing digital about this and it was shot silent so they also had to to uh dub all the voices yeah i mean not, you know they had to put in yeah. all the voices mm-hmm. what was that like to to you see the movie and that's a different voice it's horrible. <laughs> I mean, I can laugh now. Thank God, you know, I don't have to go to Trump <laughs> counseling for that. Um, no. So we're in the we're in the premiere, and nobody told the you know little kid that that uh, the voices were dubbed or put in, mm-hmm. and um, so. And my dad, nobody had actually seen the whole film. So I don't know how much of that my dad knew or if he even, it even occurred to him to say anything. But he had not seen the movie either. None of us had. Uh, we went to a party at Hal Warren's night, or house one night, and he showed some outtakes and then ran them backwards. And, you know, everybody was having a good time. But... 
nobody really seen anything. <laughs> so um, my dad made sure we sat where we could see. So we were like fifth row center. And uh, it started and then, you know, it was the eight minute driving scene to begin with. Mm -hmm. So even before the movie started, I remember I could hear people in the audience kind of like whispering and a little giggles here and there. I mean, people were already getting what a little bit about what they turned into. Mm -hmm. And then, but mostly I was just watching, waiting to see myself. And when my voice, when my mouth opened and this voice came out of it, I was just shocked. And then the audience started laughing too. So, yeah, I spent most of it just crying. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. It's disappointing. Yeah. I, you know. Yeah. What did the other? Were the other get stronger, right? Were the other voices the actors themselves that they put in, or were they all different actors? Oh, so um, they all drove, or the most of the actors uh, for sure. I know it was it was my dad, uh, John, John Reynolds, um, I think Brian Jennings who played the sheriff. And how, yeah, four of them, they, they got in a car and they drove to Houston, which is uh, a lot of miles from El Paso. And they went to a sound studio to record the voices. And then uh, the women were all, uh, were all voiced by one woman, all the women <laughs> and me. So the six wives, uh, even the woman who played my mother, Maggie, and uh, a kissing teenager. I mean, all the women. And my voice, yeah. It was, and, and that was Hal's sister-in-law, who was a, um, an amateur opera singer in Houston. Interesting. So um, you mentioned, you know, when Manos returns, you start doing that and you had, you know, new friends that were in, uh, in films and you mentioned Tanya who uh, directed it. Um, how did, how did you become friends with her and the other people? Did you meet them at, co at conventions? Or? Well, let's see. Um, gosh, I can't remember how I met Joe, but he's local. Um, God, I think I have to ask him. Um but Rachel Jackson is a puppeteer and she lives in Seattle and uh, she has a puppet show. And uh, she did Monos, the Hands of Felt. And somebody turned me on to it and told me this puppet show is happening. So she invited me up and I drove up to Seattle to see the show and we just became good friends. Yeah. She's very, very talented. I think Manos the Hands of Felt is uh, available online. Might be on YouTube. It's good. I, I love the name. Uh, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's Puppet okay. Theater. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, Tanya. Oh, I believe I met her at Crypticon Seattle because that's she's from Seattle as well. And so we met there. Um, 
she may have been showing one of her her movies too, but we just you know we just clicked. And... Yeah, she's very nice. We'll probably be doing an interview with her at uh, some point before the festival. Good, good. Yeah, she's really interesting. I I love Tanya. Yeah, I've known her for a long time, but we've never I've never taught actually spoken with her or met her. But I've known her a long time on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you you have a lot of credits in um, in Manos Returns. You know you 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 worked a lot on it besides you know uh, acting oh, yeah. and, and, and writing it. Or well, co- I kind of did everything my dad did in the original Manos. I mean, and more because I co-wrote it. But um, well, I did pretty much what both of my parents did. You know, I made the wives' dresses. I made the master's robe. In fact, as a side note, I make master's robe custom ones. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, I made a commitment. We'll see if I get there. Uh, to make a hundred of them, and they're signed and numbered. So I just sent number twenty-six to Canada. Oh. Where where uh, do you sell those like uh, online or something? Yeah, on my Etsy site. My Etsy I probably site. saw them. I actually was looking up uh, Manos on Etsy last night, so I probably saw those. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've made. I sent one. To, there's one in England, and that guy was six foot eight, huge. And I the so that's the biggest one. And then the smallest one I made was a woman, four uh, eleven in uh georgia okay i'm five five so uh we'll get one in between <laughs> i mean they're custom right i i get uh wrist to wrist and uh you know shoulder to floor that's awesome um i'll put the link uh, for your etsy so people can uh you know if, if they would like one of a hundred uh yeah yeah they're very cool it, well, what do you think of some of the other like because I, I saw some other things it's the best way though would be get a robe that you actually made you know because you're in the movie but uh, i saw like a lot of other things that people made they've like crochet uh master dolls which i thought were very fun and uh when you see things like that uh, w- w- what do you think oh it's amazing i mean there's um gosh most of it's packed i think no it's upstairs because i'm i'm going to this convention this weekend and I'm leaving tomorrow, but, um, but yeah, I, I have, uh, there's a couple of coloring books that have been made. There's, uh, stories, you know, printed books, there's, uh, games, there's trading cards, clothing. Uh, it's just amazing what people have come up with. There's, oh shoot. Oh, uh, there's nesting dolls. Oh, very on cool. Etsy. I, there's a woman who makes Russian nesting dolls. I'm looking around for it. Where is it? <laughs> um, and she, for like pop culture things, yeah. different shows. But this one is it's the master, and then Torgo, and then uh, Michael, who's Hal, and Maggie, who played my mother. And then me. <laughs> That's very cute. I love it. So, uh, 
you know, you said things change once it, it pops up on uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. So, you know, after that, people, you know, start to rediscover the movie and uh, you start to do conventions. What, what was that whole experience like? You know, people, you know, now they know and love the movie. It's great. I mean, I'm just one of them, you know. Um, I just really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. You know, I I grew up in theater, and I love these opportunities. I'm a pretty quiet person in general, but when I have the opportunity to be to be on, I just really enjoy it. it it feeds me. It's fun. And, and the fans, they're so fun. You know, these are, like I said before, these are my people. This is like uh, intelligent comedy. It's yeah. It's got a lot of levels to it. I've met the coolest people. Yeah, I miss uh, going to the convention, so uh, I hope you have a good time. Well, I just, I'm looking forward, like everybody is, to the world opening up again and I, you know, the memories on Facebook come up and I see all the things that I've done. And um, I think there's a lot more to come. You know, the thing with Monos is funny is as it's gone along, as I told you, when I first heard that it was on television and I got my copy, I watched it, I put it away, I was satisfied. And then it had it has these things. It goes like this for a while. And I have these opportunities and then it'll kind of level out for a bit. And every time I go, well, that was fun. <laughs> I mean, I'm always satisfied. That was fun. And then all of a sudden, something else will happen. Like when Ben Soliday found, the young filmmaker found the original work print of monos that went through the camera in 1966 with the tape on it all you know the cellophane tape all yellowed it was like i can't believe it was actually all there but he found it and he did a kickstarter and he raised like 46 dollars to restore it and he restored it without MST, he restored it original yeah. or better than, I mean, HD Blu-ray. I got to travel all over the place for that. I went to Chicago. I got to go to El Paso and see it in the, um, well, the original theater where it showed in 1966 doesn't exist, but the Plaza Theater right across the street, we showed it there and it was packed. It was so great. I've had the most amazing experiences because of them. Love it. That's great. Uh, Tristan, you have a question? Do you have any specific childhood memories um, from shooting the film that you'd like to share? Yeah, I remember when my parents were talking about it and I re my mother was, uh, she was a teacher but she loved to sew and she made most of my clothes and she made the curtains in the house and she made lots of things. And, um, and I remember them laying out the fabric on the living room floor and, and cutting those hands out and making that robe. 
and uh, and I remember my dad in his studio. We lived in El Paso, right up against this mountain that uh, I climbed a lot. I was a loner kind of kid. I mean, you had to. We were the only white family in in my neighborhood, and uh, I had a lot of friends, but I was definitely the minority. So. Uh, and I was um, a private independent kid too. So I spent a lot of time on that mountain. And uh, my dad had a studio in the backyard made of river rocks, which I don't know where those came from because we lived in the desert. And it was this beautiful little house made of river rocks. That was his studio. And he welded and he sculpted and he painted. So he did all of that. And my mother had her sewing room. So I just remember them creating. And, and really, um, I think I said earlier, but Monos really was like a family film to me. You know, my whole family was involved and so many things that were created out of our house. So um, did your dad get to see the finished uh, Monos Returns? Yes, he did. He did. Uh, we showed it in a local theater, and he got to go see that with an audience. And uh, that was so much fun, just getting to honor him. We had a really great um, cast and crew party at our local restaurant. And um, just seeing him enjoying himself and and being part of all of that was, that was one of the best things I've done, really. That means the most to me. You know, I'm a pretty sensitive person that, uh, you know, I know a lot of people like Lano's Returns, but there's always the critics. But, you know, they don't bother me at all because I know what in, went into that film. Not just my dad, but everybody. I mean, the the cast and crew, the, the dedication, everybody came here. I mean, people were camping out at my house. You know, we were just packed. <clears throat> and we filmed all locally. In fact, my new art studio that I just got a couple weeks ago um, is in the old doctor's clinic in my tiny town of a thousand people. And uh, we filmed a scene from Monos Returns in that room. And it's also the same room I used to take my kids when they were little to go to the clinic. You know, so my studio is, is extra special. But if you watch the, when you, when you watch the film, uh, the room where Maggie, who plays my mother, is in her room and I'm talking to her, that's, that's the space. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So um, <clears throat> I also saw you have uh, some other um, uh, things in the works. Was it like a, a series for, for Manos? Oh, yeah. So uh, Willow Polson, who lives down near Yosemite, she's done some other creations and, uh, and she's, doing pretty good in film and she wrote Debbie the or uh Monos the Debbie Chronicles 
Mm-hmm. So it's my story, Debbie's story, 50 something years after this experience as a child. So in her story, Debbie escapes the Valley Lodge and then she grows up to uh, be battling supernatural evil. She wants to stand up for other people that have had to deal with the kind of crap <laughs> he did as a child. And so we filmed we filmed the pilot episode and we're looking for distributor right now. And it's in it's done filming and it's in editing. She's planning on releasing it or having it ready before Halloween. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and if we find a distributor, then she's already got the next episode. So we're hoping that it becomes a web series. Yeah. Well, a good thing now there's so many um, platforms, you know, for uh, for series. So, uh, you know, different uh, websites and, and you know, uh, streaming sites on Roku and things like that. Yeah, there really is. There's a lot of options. And, and you can always move up, too, as, as things you know, what they gain in popularity. Yeah. Um, you said your dad did the painting, uh, his painting in the original movie. Who did the, the new paintings for in Manos Returns? Me. Those are mine. Oh, really? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm an artist. I, um, gosh, I mean, I, I do all kinds of art like my dad. Uh, not so much sculpture like him, but a lot of... Uh, paintings and well i'll i'll send you i'll make sure you have the link to my art yeah yeah we'd like to check that out yeah but i had almost i raised my kids as a single mom with uh, a faux finish career if anybody knows what faux finish is it's doing all kinds of wall finishes uh multicolor glazes i did plaster finishes i recreated marble so like i've done columns and uh, painted you know i could take a piece of marble and copy it paint and um oh one of one of my most um premium jobs i guess well i had a really lot of great jobs but I painted the ceiling at the Naval Nautical Museum in Vallejo, California, which I assume is probably still painted. We painted, my partner and I painted the night sky in the rotunda. God, it was like 15 feet up, way the hell up there on a scaffolding. But we painted the night sky of what Mare Island, what it looked like on the night Mare Island opened. Wow. And it was all Navy people. So let me tell you, it had to be good. <laughs> that's, that's, and that's why I'm proud of it because it's so precise. But um, yeah. And so now what I do, my art is uh, because I live in an old town. I mean, my town is over 100, you know, 100 years old. And, 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 uh, yeah, this is following my dad, too. He and I, we used to go out in the desert. He he would find old shacks and things in the desert, and he'd take them home and uh, cr- 
build furniture, panel the living room, or, you know, just reuse things. And I do that. So I didn't want to be a hoarder. I would see old windows and doors on burn piles or up against garages. And I, I would collect them before they got destroyed. And uh, so anyway, I cut the doors into the panels, you know, if it's a five panel door, and then I enhance the crackle or whatever's going on with it. And then I do my painting on this center part. So, so you know, it, it creates its own frame. And uh, now that I have my new art studio, I'm so excited because I have so many things going on over there right now. I don't even, I'm like giddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very exciting. Uh, Tristan, do you have another question? I'm always interested in what scares horror creators. So I'm wondering if you have any fears or phobias that you feel comfortable sharing with us. That's funny. There's so I, I mostly think about the things that I'm not afraid of that <laughs> other people are afraid of. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like people have a snake fear. Oh, I'm surprised at how many people... And the reason I bring that up is that in the last two days, and, and I'm a, an artist, so I'm a person of symbolism. So you're going to be seeing some snakes in the next art that I soon, you know, I, I'm seeing the symbolism. Emotion. But in the last two days, I've seen two snakes right outside my little um, secondary studio here. And uh, I think it's because the hose is leaking a little and there's water. But, but anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. I'm not afraid of snakes. In fact, I had a six-foot boa constrictor when I was, like, in my 20s. And it just really amazed me how many men would come over that were dating my roommates or wanted to date me. And they'd walk in and go, ah! you know? <laughs> He's in, he's in a six-foot terrarium with a lid, for God's sake. I'm not handing him to you. Um, and then people afraid of spiders. No. Scorpions, no. I mean, I used to climb on that mountain in El Paso, and I just had – I was a Girl Scout, you know. I had to learn about stuff. Um, claustrophobia, no. I don't know. I really – I don't know. I'm sure there are things, but I, I think, yeah, the thing that would scare me the most is if something went wrong with somebody I love. Somebody got hurt or I didn't know where they were. That, oh, that would be the horror movie. Uh, John Campbell uh, says, um, do you still have the bike? that uh, he read that they gave you as payment uh, for being in, in Manos. No, but you know what's funny is I still have the memory of when the training wheels came off of that bike <laughs> and my Doberman was there. Yeah, I was trying not to run into him as I wobbled down the sidewalk. <laughs> no, definitely don't. <laughs> Thank God. Could you imagine what else I would have? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was uh what was the doberman's name shanka 
And my family is of uh, Native American descent on my dad's side, uh, the Osage out of Oklahoma. And Shanka is, is a form of uh, their word that means literally black dog. Oh, okay. Black dog the dog, yeah. I think it's more Shonga. It's a kind of a, I don't, I haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we, we spelled it S-H-A-N-K-A, Shanka. And then it's funny because my last dog who lived 12 years, I named him Shanka in honor, but he was a little white uh, Chihuahua uh, Pekingese kind of doggy. Yeah. So if anyone actually knew what it meant, they would be, uh, it's like an oxymoron. Yeah. Well, like Manos, the hands of fate. And that was the point, you know. All right. Right. Yeah. yeah, That totally works. So uh, next weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend's four day film festival, and it's totally free. People can come. All the movies will just play once. So you have to to be there to see it. And we're all going to watch Manos Return. So it's going to be a fun time. I'll be there. I plan to be there. I, I, I'm planning to be there for all the films as much as I can. Well, I appreciate that. It's going to be fun. I tried to have them play in well, the first night. It's a lot of fun movies. So, I, uh, you know, and then maybe Sunday's a lot of bloody movies. So may, maybe uh, if you're going to miss a day, maybe that was be the day for you. Not to, not to, yeah, not to I'll have to come and go in and out, but I'll do my best for sure. So um, I know you get your art on your Etsy. Anything else uh, you're currently working on? What else am I working on? Let's see. On let's see. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I almost had it written down, but I was so busy. Oh well, I'm leaving tomorrow for um, for Meadowlark, uh, which will be over by the time this airs. But I'm going to be a guest down at uh, Meadowlark. Uh, in Grants Pass, Oregon, and I'm excited. Cesar Garcia from uh, Breaking Bad oh, is nice. one of the guests, so I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I get his his autograph. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tanya Atomics here in the chat, and she's uh, she'll be there, and she misses you. Oh man, I miss her too. I wish I could. You know, Crypticon this weekend, not that I was invited, but if I wasn't going south, I would go up there just to see some friends for sure. But I think she's saying that she'll be at the convention that you're going to. So that, that's very oh, good. She'll see she'll see the friend I just saw today. And yeah, well, they'll have to get pictures. We'll share pictures. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Tristan, do you have another question? You mentioned all of the hats you wore on Manos Returns, and I'm wondering which was your favorite. Oh, gosh, my favorite. That's hard to say because, you know, things go, sometimes they're difficult and sometimes they're easier. But, um, I mean, I don't know it was my favorite, but my proudest is that I... I was able to organize all this stuff being uh, kind of an ADD artist type. It was pretty remarkable that I could get everybody fed and watered and in a place to sleep and the, the places that we filmed. I'm really proud of it. And I'm proud of 
bringing my community into it and um and my dad yeah there's there's just so much all the people i met um brian jennings who played our sheriff in monos returns his father was the original sheriff in the original monos and then the woman who plays my mother diane adelson in Manos Returns was my mother in the original. So we brought her from Colorado and we brought Brian from Idaho to be part of our movie. And I'm, it was, I was just so thrilled to, to be able to work with them. And um, yeah, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on now that I'm thinking there's just so much (laughs) our, 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 our fundraiser and and the Kickstarter, the people that came into the film because of that. And yeah, it was a pretty amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, when you bring up the Kickstarter, obviously it's nice that, you know, it gets the movie made, but the idea that people, that fans of uh, Monos, you know, wants this to be made, I would assume that's going to be, you know, a nice feeling that uh, fans of the movie are actually helping it become a reality. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we bet we went above our basic goal there, and thankfully we did. I mean, we spent all of it. We needed it, and uh, it was super low budget film. But it was the dedication and the love that went into it that made it possible. It just couldn't have happened without what what everybody gave to it. Um, and by the way, I, I misunderstood her. Tanya will be here next week uh, for the festival. She won't be at at the uh, at the convention this week. And I just uh, misread that. So it's my fault. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but that'll be very fun. So, uh, what was the you said the fee, What was the feedback like from from Manos Returns? You said there were some you know critics who didn't like it, but uh, overall, uh, the people that you helped make it, I assume that they were into it. Oh, everybody that was part of it was. I mean, we're all friends, you know, we just, we've, uh, we're part of each other's lives, most of us, you know, in one way or another, some more than others, but, but yeah, it's, it was a, it was a great experience for everybody, and I don't, I, nobody that I know, uh, regretted it or anything, yeah. but, um, yeah, the actually the only naysayers I've seen, and and they don't bother me. Me being an empath and all, you would think I'd be like, but I'm not because to me they're clearly people that they've never made a film. You know, I mean, really, anybody I know that has uh, been part of it, a part of filmmaking at all knows what goes into it and and so many people the comments so many people see the love that went into this movie and that's that's the main thing i want you know the feeling behind it Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be fun to watch with with a bunch of people and uh, i know it is yeah i can't wait that'll be great and this has been very fun to talk with you well, thank you both so much. I really enjoyed it. Well, thank you. It's been lovely.
Thank you. I look forward to seeing uh, more art and more uh, stories from you. Yeah, I'm going to go and uh, send you these links uh, as soon as we got off before I forget. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll remind you if you forget. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thank everyone, for watching. Good night. Good night. Bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. Ripley, we should have The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight!